it's made our marriage strong. It's made us become closer as friends and making decisions together. I feel like is so important. It's not always, it's not always their decision to make whatever league or team or anything they decide to go on any contract. It's not, I feel like it's not always their decision. It has to make sense for us and our families. And I feel like watching him grow into a man in that sense of always hockey, always being about him to hockey now, always being about not only him, but myself and the kids has been really cool to kind of see him grow up in that sense. What gets us through this crazy hockey journey is our amazing community of women. Inspired by our online network, Breaking the Ice is a platform created to connect us even more as we share our stories, our passions, our tips, tricks, do's and don'ts for all things hockey, and so much more. For hockey expats, buy hockey expats. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Good morning. Welcome back to the podcast. I am recording this on Friday, so it's a game day here. I'm just having some coffee and cozying up. It's supposed to rain all day, which I'm so excited about because I am a big fall person. I know that sounds so basic, but it's true. If it's too hot, I'm dying. If it's too cold, I'm dying. And fall is just that perfect time of year. And usually it's only a few weeks, so I'm really going to try to enjoy it while I can, have lots of coffee, blankets, fall movies. Ah, I'm so excited. I have been trying to envision what I want my mornings to look like lately. I saw this funny meme that says, I'm not a morning person, I'm not a night person, but I can rock 11 a.m. like it's nobody's business. And that is me to a T. I feel the most productive around this time in the morning, but I'm always shocked when it's like 2 p.m. and I feel like I have so much to do the rest of the day. Something that I love about the hockey season is that I love not having to set an alarm when I'm overseas. And I know the moms that are listening are probably rolling their eyes like, must be nice. And don't worry, I am fully aware that this is going to change very, very soon for me. However, I do enjoy my slow mornings. And to be honest, I usually get up when my husband's alarm goes off for practice around 8.30. But I cannot, for the life of me, be consistent with a morning routine. I meander over to the gym when I want to go to the gym and whatever else I do during my days. And I swear to you guys, my dogs have more of a morning routine and just daily routine of feeding and bathroom than I do. I always like to see what you guys do for your morning routines because sometimes it inspires me and gives me ideas. So if you have something that you love to do that really sets yourself up for success every single day, you can always tag the podcast. I'd love to reshare just because I know other people like to see these suggestions as well. I'm curious just what tools that you use to stay consistent. I know that creating a habit takes some time. And I know that's probably what a lot of you would say is just like set an alarm, get up, do the same thing every morning. And I've kind of been just bouncing back and forth about whether or not that's something that works for me. I think a lot of people are a creature of habit and kind of finding myself not being that way. Like my dad is that way, even to the point where he goes and gets the same thing for lunch every day at the same place on his lunch break. And I guess I just like a little bit more variety. Like I remember... When I was working at Lululemon, some of my shifts would start at 7.30 a.m. And some would start at 5.30 p.m. And in a way, I almost liked that because I wasn't really stuck doing the same thing every day and I could mix up my schedule. What's funny, though, is that I love a good nighttime routine. And this is just basically my process of getting ready for bed. I usually cut my water off at 10 because pregnant life. Um... I will wake up like seven times if I don't do this. I shower, I do my skincare routine, I use usually like lavender essential oils, put on some calming music, and I turn on my white noise. And it's this ritual that basically my mind tells my body it's time to get ready for bed. So that is always helpful for me to get like in the mindset. So I guess I'm just kind of thinking out loud to you guys, is it okay to 
prefer a nighttime routine over a morning routine? Or do you think it's weird that I only have one? Should I have both? Are you the same way? Do you prefer one over the other? I'm just curious. Let me know. Starting in October, Travel Tuesday is actually going to start moving to twice a month instead of weekly. And I think this will really help with the longevity of Travel Tuesday and finding girls every week to do it. Um, So again, if you're interested in doing that, please message me. I would love to get you on the schedule for that. Fun fact, if you are listening to this podcast the day it comes out, my birthday is tomorrow. And if you're listening to this podcast weeks after it came out, my birthday is not tomorrow. It is October 1st. And if you know me personally, you know that my husband and I have the same birthday. Like you guys, literally the same year, the same day. And people always ask me, oh, that's so fun. Do you love sharing a birthday with your husband? The answer is no. I don't like sharing a birthday with my husband and he knows it. I tell him every year, can we just celebrate your birthday the day before, please? So I can have a day to myself. He's like, you're so selfish. And you know what? I don't really care. You can think I'm selfish if I want. I am a big birthday girl. I love my birthday. And now I have to share it with someone for the rest of my life. And what's so funny is that my husband's younger brother, Chris, and Chris and their mom share the same birthday. So Charlie and I share the same birthday. Chris and Charlie's mom share the same birthday. And now our baby's due date is scheduled for the same day as my mom's birthday. I'm like, what is with these Dodero boys stealing all of our birthdays? This is unacceptable behavior. I cannot do this. Just a little fun fact for you this morning. Also this Friday, we have our second business spotlight And if the wheels are already spinning in your head when you saw my guest for this week, you are absolutely right. Bo and Bex is taking over the gram October 2nd. And Ashley Buck, my guest for today and her business partner, Janessa, started Bo and Bex because they had trouble finding really cute hockey gear for themselves and their littles. And it completely has taken over the hockey world. I see girls wearing it every year which is so cute. And they're actually about to launch a fall line. And I'm so excited to see their takeover. So make sure to tune in on Friday and follow along. Talking to Ashley was so fun. Her and her family have lived in so many different countries. And I really loved the outlook that they had every year, which was, let's go back for one more year. Instead of having these really high expectations and and really feeling the letdown of that if something didn't go the way they were planning. This hockey life has taken them to some really amazing places. And she also opens up about a hard time her and her husband experienced when he was asked to leave a team year three into his five-year contract. She had both of her little girls overseas, and now they're kind of in that waiting game, just like so many of you, but are content and trust that whatever happens, happens. I hope you love this conversation with Ashley, and make sure to let us know what you think. Ashley, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. I know hockey has been in your life for 11 years and you have so much hockey wife experience under your belt and I have been looking forward to talking to you all week. I cannot wait. Yay, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Of course. So 11 years, that's obviously a really long time to summarize and recap what your life has been like, but I have faith that you can try. (laughs) (laughs) I will kind of hand you the floor if you want to just tell us a little bit about you and your family. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, Yes, it's been 11 years, so a long time, pretty much the entire time that my husband and I have been together. So that's really all we know. And so adjusting to back home is kind of a little bit different, but we're excited for the potential of a new adventure. So um, we started, or he started playing in the American League for two years. So he was never drafted and we were a part of, he was a part of Minnesota system. I'm so sorry. I'm going to say we so much because I feel like this whole journey has been about him and I together, but Absolutely. I know it's, it's his fair. job and his career. So forgive me for saying we so much, but that will happen. Um, <laughs> and we were in, he was in the American league for two years, a part of Minnesota system. So he was in bouncing back and forth between the East coast league 
in Fort Myers, Florida, which was not a bad place to visit, and Houston, Texas. So he was never drafted, and I feel like he kind of just got lost in the shuffle of the American League and kind of lost his passion for playing, which was really hard to see, just kind of watch someone love something so much and it not be working out the way that they kind of always dreamed it would. Um, so he wasn't sure actually after that contract whether or not he was going to play anymore. And I remember him coming home that summer and just saying like, I think I'm going to try Europe. I was like, okay, like that could be fun. And he was like, why don't we go travel for a year? We'll go, we'll play in Europe. We'll, we'll stay for a year. We'll just have a good time. I'll finish out playing hockey and we'll do it that way. I'm like, great. That sounds awesome. So we initially left for Europe thinking we were only going to be there for one year. And we ended up being there for nine (laughs) years. Little did did I know. So we ended up going to Norway and it was beautiful. And our little town was so cute and kind of everything you imagine Europe to be. There was the cobblestone streets and the cute little houses. And it was awesome. Um, And he actually ended up loving hockey again. And he loved his teammates and his team. And he had a really good season and kind of seeing the passion brought back to him was so amazing to witness and be a part of so we again came home that summer um we were planning a wedding and he was like ash what do you think if we do one more year and i was like okay where where we thinking and never in a million years did i think that he would say croatia and i had to i looked at him i was like are you sure like i don't know if they even have hockey in croatia (laughs) <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 it's a part of the Austrian Hockey League. It's, you're really going to love it. Let's do one more year, one more. I'm like, okay, one more year. Here we go. Um, and it was, ended up being one of our favorite years ever in Europe. We played in the capital city, Zagreb, and it was unbelievable. We met some of our greatest friends who we still talk to almost weekly now. We, um, the the game atmospheres in that arena were just like anything I've never seen anything like before it's incredible um but I mean there's also some bad sides to that year too which I feel like we can dive into a little bit later but it was overall a really great year and he again loved hockey loved his teammates loved living that life again so he had a really great year and halfway through the season, he was given an opportunity to sign a two-year contract in Switzerland. Wow. So again, he was like, what do you think? Should we do it? And I'm like, why not? Like the last two years have been <laughs> so fun and we are, it's, it's great. And I was like, let's do it. And we were getting married that summer. So I was like, again, thinking we'll get married maybe we'll have a baby, maybe we won't, but two more years, then we'll come home, we'll start real life. Perfect. So we go to, we, we come home that summer, we got married, we left for Switzerland. Um, I ended up being pregnant when we got there. So we had our first daughter, Elodie, in Switzerland. And again, another great year, had an awesome time. Uh, really excited to finally be in one spot for two years. So we came home that summer with just our summer clothes and ready to enjoy the off season. And the third week of July, right as we were about to pack up and head back over, we found out that the team was filing for bankruptcy. So that was fun. And so we're sitting here in the middle of July being like, okay, did we make a big mistake? Like maybe this is the kick in the butt. We need to just be home and start real life. And okay, this is it. And then his agent calls with an option to leave for Ingolstadt, Germany. And to my husband, playing in Germany was like a goal. Like if he could have ended up anywhere in Europe, it was to play in the DEL. So when he got that phone call, it was kind of like a dream coming true for him. And he was like, I don't care what it is. I don't care the length of it, the money. I'm, I'm there. Tell me when I'm flying out. So that was really a really special phone call and a really special contract to get for him. Um, and little did we know getting to Ingolstadt, uh, we were just kind of so thankful to be there. And that ended up being his best year professionally he's ever played. So we had so much fun. The team went to game seven of the finals that year and 
again, it was just oh my this gosh, that's so amazing fun. year. It was kind of like on the up and up and up every year that we ended up going back to Europe. And right before we left that year, we were so happy with the team and the team was so happy with him that they had offered him a contract extension, which ended up being, uh, I still think is the longest contract extension given to an import player. So we had, he had signed a five-year contract extension to play an angle step. Oh my God. And I remember, wow. I know, I remember sitting across the table at this restaurant and what is our favorite place to visit in uh, Germany? It's called um, Tagrancy and it's a little mountain town. But I remember getting this contract offer and sitting there crying. Like, this is something you dream of. Like, we were so excited and we got to be in this city that we loved so much and that became home to us. And to know that we got to be there for five more years, that was, it was just the best feeling in the whole world. So we loved that. And um, actually our really good friends from home ended up playing with us the next year too. So we got kind of our piece from home in Engelstad and we had our best friends in Engelstad and it was this, this kind of like bubble that we lived in. And I feel like it's so rare in hockey to have that. Mm -hmm. And we did, and we had it for so long and it felt really, really nice. But um, year three of that contract, so our fourth year in Germany, uh, he went into the season kind of in a little bit of a disagreement with the, the way the team was being run. And I mean, he signed this contract for five years, being so passionate about the team and having these high hopes of winning. And when that doesn't kind of play out, I feel like there's a lot of frustration on mm -hmm. his end. Um, so he wasn't really meshing well with the new management that came into the team. And I feel like he does a really good job of leaving hockey at the rink. He doesn't bring any of it home. Um, but I knew, I knew things weren't okay and I knew they weren't good, but I didn't know they were as bad as they were when he came home in December, two weeks before Christmas and said that, um, he wasn't going on the road trip that the, um, GM had asked him to find a new team. Wow. And to me, that was devastating and heartbreaking that we were leaving a place that was so special to us. But again, we, you, as we, the hockey wives, we just, you go with the flow and we packed up and we left for Davos. So back to Switzerland, we go. <laughs> Wow. And um, what, how, was, how many years into his contract did that happen? We were in year three of his contract. So we were supposed to have two more after that. Okay. So it was, it was really, it was a really tough, a tough time. And I feel like the rest of that season was really hard. Um, but Davos was amazing. He got to play in the Spangler Cup, which has always been a dream of his since he was a little boy. So that was really special to watch. Um, we were kind of there in Davos is like knowing that it was a bit of a stepping stone, not sure where we were going to end up the following season or what was coming next. So we went on, that was the year the Olympic break happened. So we were on our way to Dubai and he got another phone call saying, this is the situation. If you want to leave, you can leave, but we're not sure if you're actually going to play any more games this year. And we're like, awesome. Perfect. So he, reach out to his agent, explained everything that was going on. And when we got back from our trip, we ended up packing again and finishing our season out in Vienna, which was a wild ride, but finally landing in Vienna and we got there knowing people and they kind of open, welcomed us with open arms. And it was a good feeling just to kind of end in a place that was um, kind of familiar. We had people there that we knew and it was nice. And while we were in Vienna, he signed a two-year contract with Nuremberg. So to me, the goal was, uh, I don't care where we end up the next year, but I want to be close to Engelstad. I want to be close to where the kids and I consider home over here. So I want to be, I want to be close to our friends. I want to be close to, um, like a familiar place. And mm -hmm. he knew how important that was to me. So we signed in Nuremberg for two years and that's where we ended things or so we think we're not quite sure, but that was our last stop. And it was nice to be back in Germany and back in a familiar place and being so close to friends and 
uh, friends that have become family. So that was really great. But yeah, that's been our journey. And there's been lots mixed in the middle, some really good times, some really bad times. But yeah, that's it. Wow. I've had like so many thoughts come into my mind. First of all, <laughs> your outlook is just amazing about all of this. And I love how you guys Thanks. went into this whole hockey world in Europe with that mindset, like, let's do one more year. Let's see how this next year goes. Yes. Let's see, you know, instead of having like this major expectation of how it's going to go, you really just wrote it yeah. out and went with the flow. And I love that. I, I think that also you mentioned that familiar feeling, right? Like going back to Germany and mm -hmm. that's, that's something I think that we all look for, especially being overseas, we're away from family and it's really hard to find that sometimes because when you're back home in Canada or the US, you really know where everything is. Like yeah. if you're going somewhere in North America, absolutely, you really can find out a lot of information about it. And when you're in Europe, it's like a whole different ballpark. It's, it's really hard to navigate all these new things, you know, languages, cultures, all of that stuff. So that's amazing that you have had this experience and you lived in so many different countries. That is so cool. <laughs> It was quite the wild ride, but again, like finally ending up in Ingolstadt and kind of being in a spot that we kind of clicked with right away. And our landlord of our house that we actually ended up living in, she became kind of like our mom over there. She took care of us. She would bring us meals and she would watch our kids. And she really made Ingolstadt feel like our home. And she's a huge reason why when we left there, it was so important for me to get as close as we could to her again. So it kind of, she's always like our sense of home. She's kind of like our base in Europe. And it was really special to go back and maybe not be in Ingolstadt, but to be close enough that we got to go and have Sunday dinners with her or off days, spend it with Oma Helga and our kids call her Oma. So it is a really special spot. It's a really special city. And yeah, I think the hardest part leaving it was that, was leaving something that felt so much like home and that we had, we'd made feel like home. Our kids knew it as home and it, it was, it was a really hard time. I feel like that was our biggest struggle, our biggest hardship over in Europe was leaving Ingolstadt. Yeah, that, I mean, that would just come to such a shock, I feel like, especially in the middle of the season. And then you kind of left with, well, what are we even <laughs> supposed to do? All of our stuff's here. It was really hard. I think um, the hardest part of leaving was knowing that he was leaving and what was being said about him in the media was so false. And the story was taken out of context in so many ways. Um, so I feel like when we left, we left wanting to shout from the mountains in Davos, this isn't true. What you're reading is not true. We didn't want to leave. This place means so much to us. But uh, he was actually forced to sign a confidentiality agreement saying that he would never go to the media and say what actually happened. So I feel like our biggest thing was kind of finding peace with us knowing what really happened, his teammates knowing really what really happened, and our friends knowing what happened, and just having to be okay with that, that no one else may never know what happened, and just having to be okay pay with that just to kind of move on and know that our time there was so special and it will always be special and we have our Oma Helga there so we will always get to go back and get to live in Ingolstadt or be in Ingolstadt and have it feel like home and it doesn't really matter the rest is just kind of outside noise yeah absolutely and I love again you just your outlook on it it's just very positive and so are you do you guys stay in touch with that woman Oh, when you guys are home? Yeah, we, yes, we do. Our, um, she is constantly sending her kids little gifts in the mail. Oh, we so give her nice. updates about once a week about what's going on. She is so amazing. And I feel like even for her, like, like I said, she, she was kind of our mom over there and she was such a, she got so protective when all of this stuff was coming out in the, in the news about Brandon, she was like, this isn't true. And I'm telling everyone this isn't true. And this didn't happen. And they're wrong. And I'm like, it's, I get it. Like, it's an instinct to want to do that. But mm -hmm. yeah, she was, she's really amazing. How did you and your husband 
support each other during that time? So our second daughter actually was born in Ingolstadt. So we, when we left Ingolstadt, there was the four of us. So um, I think I've always just kind of trusted him on every decision he makes, knowing that he puts the kids and I first. And obviously leaving wasn't 100% his decision. Mm -hmm. Um, But I knew that it wasn't healthy for him to be there anymore. And I trusted that him leaving was going to be a better situation for him, which would be a better situation for the kids and I. We've always just gone on this journey together. And I kind of just trust whatever decision he makes is going to be the right one for not only himself, but our family too. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm thinking just even how we returned to where we are for the second year, you develop relationships with people. And so that must've been really hard for you, you know, your Oma that you call her and also just like the other girls on the team and his friends and then having that kind of taken away from you and feeling like you have to, like you said, just shout from the rooftops, clear your name, you know, try to try to tell your side of the story, but you really can't. So you feel like you, you left on like such a weird note and that's an unfair feeling, but I'm, I'm happy that you still, you know, you kind of found peace in the whole situation and you're right that you can always go back there and have a little home there. Yeah. I mean, it definitely wasn't like that at the beginning. There was lots of tears and shouting on my part. And, but we did get to a place where ultimately deep down inside, no, I knew no matter how upset I was and how unfair the whole situation seemed that it was going to be the best for us. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like we all know how mentally draining this game and this lifestyle can be. So when you're watching your husband, your, your favorite person in the whole world, just kind of be torn apart. It's, I kind of looked at him and I was like, you just, you have to do what's right for us. So take care of yourself. And if that means we have to leave, then we have to leave. And ultimately it will be better for us. And it was, and to see him leave and just find again, like a new, a new love for the, for the game. Like we, we came to Europe thinking, one more year, one more year, you're having fun. And I feel like that was the first time in so long that he kind of was like, what am I doing? Is any of this worth it still? Mm -hmm. So leaving and being given the chance to play in Nuremberg and meet a new organization and new coaches and new teammates. I feel like, again, it was this new start that he really needed to find his passion. And if that was our last stop, in hockey to leave it knowing that it was a good thing and not a situation that he was really unhappy in. Totally. So you guys obviously have moved to a bunch of different countries. How do you feel like you've adapted to these different languages and these moves, apartments, cities, like just <laughs> all of it? How do, how do you find your way? Um, well, the first thing I always do anywhere we would go is I would make our apartment sometimes they were awful little places and sometimes (laughs) they're really great houses but I would try and make them feel as much as home as possible and I feel like having that space I mean we spend so much time in them so Mm -hmm. my husband would always be like Ashley we don't need this this is just more stuff to bring home I'm like but it makes me feel good where I am. So just let me have it. Yeah. So pictures on the walls, like just things that would make a place feel like home. And then just kind of being open to meeting new people. I, um, I feel like I'm such an introvert. So when we would go to a new place, like putting myself out there was so hard, but in the end, always worth it. Just chatting with the the grocery store clerk if she could speak English that to me was like oh thank you thank you for just asking how I am today yeah but I would go home and be like this is amazing like someone someone talked to me today and I feel like I'm making making myself feel at home here and um yeah and I mean just getting to know the city I every year we would go somewhere new I would get in our car during training camp. So Brandon would be gone all day and I would put Elodie in the back seat in her car seat and I would just drive the city, just drive. And make sure I knew. (laughs) That is is not easy. (laughs) I know it's not easy. And I mean, even now I think about it and I was like, I, over time, like when you have two kids, it just becomes more and more. So I'm like, I would never do that now. But Elodie was such an easy baby that I would put her in the back seat of a car 
and we would just drive and we would know where the hospital was, know where the grocery store was, know where the mall was, how to get downtown, how to get home. And that was, I loved it. But I mean, it's not always practical in every city we, you live in, but in Ingolstadt, it definitely was. So I feel like that was a huge reason as to why it felt like home instantly. I kind of threw myself into it. I was going to know where everything was. I was going to be confident driving there and just felt like home. Did you always have that take on it? Like, were you always excited and feeling adventurous about it? Or were there times where you were kind of overwhelmed and it was kind of a scary feeling to go somewhere totally new? I think the hardest jump was leaving. Um, So Norway, as great as of a little town as it was, it was an adjustment. Um, We only had two other imports on our team that year. So you're kind of, I spent a lot of time alone, which can be hard. Um, So I left that season knowing like, okay, it was a great experience. I got to travel a little bit. I had friends come over and visit, but I'm not sure if I really want to go back. Mm -hmm. So when we left for Croatia, I kind of said like, I'll try it. Like I'll give myself six weeks. And if I'm not happy after six weeks then I'll just come home. So I have had those moments where I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this again. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to kind of not be unhappy, but kind of like unsure of a spot and not feel like it was a complete fit for me. But making the jump to go to Croatia, I feel like was me just kind of diving full into this lifestyle and be like, I'm going to do this. And if we're going to do it, we're going to make it worth it. And this could only be for one more year. So let's just give it all we've got. And I mean, Zagreb was such a cool city in itself and we got to travel so much. Um, Mm -hmm. And you had such an amazing experience that year and it probably turned it around for you totally. It did. Absolutely. It did. And then, I mean, life just kind of takes over. We got married and you have kids and it just kind of stops becoming this one more year for fun to this is our life now. This is how you're supporting our family. This is our, this is our home is in Europe more than it is in Canada. So let's make it home. Let's give it all we've got and make the best of it. Yeah. And I feel like it's such a wave, you know, every year is different. And like you said, even just those days where you go out to the grocery store and you're talking to the the grocery store clerk and they speak English and it makes your day. But then there's some days where you go to the grocery, like for me personally, sometimes I go to the store and I'm in a bad mood and I'm just like having a bad day and I just don't talk to anyone. And it's, I know sometimes it hits me more that we're away from family and friends. Yeah. Like I miss Trader Joe's. Like, I just want to, I know, (laughs) like, I just want to be back home. So there's this kind of like, not pressure because I don't think it's, you know, any other girls that put that pressure on, but I think it's like maybe an expectation we have of ourselves that we have to always be positive and like every day has to be like so great overseas but there's days where it's really hard and you're allowed to miss your family and friends and you're allowed to miss your home absolutely it's just it's different it is it is different it's I mean you do you try to live in each moment and remind yourself all the time how lucky you are like we're living this life that so many people would dream of living um and it is hard though in like the everyday moments to be so grateful for that. But again, it becomes, it becomes our life over there. That becomes home to us. So you're allowed to have a bad day at home. So why can't you have a bad day in Europe too? Absolutely. How do you feel this lifestyle has made your relationship stronger with your husband? Um, I feel like we came to Europe so young. We were, uh, I was 21 and he was 23 So we started this journey together and I feel like it has, we've always been a team. Every decision we make, it's together. We grow together, Uh, being thrown into new countries and not knowing a single person just kind of grows your bond so tight that I feel like it's benefited us in so many ways. Um, we're, We're a really strong couple. I mean, we're best friends and we bicker like crazy. And I, <laughs> um, I feel like people look at us sometimes and they're like, do you guys even like each other? And I'm like, that's just, it's just how we communicate. That's just us. But I mean, we, we go to bat for each other and that's just marriage. We go to bat for each other. So I, when everything was going down in Ingolstadt and he was like, I can't say anything about this. So I was like, Oh hell no, but I can, and I will defend you. 
And he's like, no, 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 no. Like we, we're legally not allowed to say anything. And you just kind of get this protective feeling over them. But I do, I do think it's, it's made our marriage strong. It's made us become closer as friends and making decisions together. I feel like is so important. It's not always, it's not always their decision to make whatever league or team or anything they decide to go on any contract. It's not, I feel like it's not always their decision. It has to make sense for us and our families. And I feel like watching him grow into a man in that sense of always hockey, always being about him to hockey now, always being about not only him, but myself and the kids has been really cool to kind of see him grow up in that sense. So yeah, I feel like it's been good for us. Yeah. And you're thrown so many different scenarios that most normal couples don't have to go through. So you're like, you just have <laughs> right? this long list of things that you've overcome. And then it's like, okay, yeah. next, like we, we can get through it. It might not be easy and there might be struggles as we are going through it, but we always come yeah. out the other side. Exactly. Like you said, it's, it, it, there is a definitely a switch where it stops becoming just about like hockey. Like it's like, what's best for our family like it's a, right. it's a switch you start to feel like as you get deeper into your relationship and as you know, like kids are involved and, you know, you have to make some tough decisions sometimes. And it seems like your experiences have been so awesome. I mean, you've lived in some really cool places. We have, we've been really lucky. Um, but like you said, like when kids are thrown into the mix, it, it's a whole, it's a whole new life. And you again, like you have to make decisions based on what's going on in life. And a huge reason why, uh, even as unhappy as he was in Ingolstadt, a huge reason why we wanted to stay there was our, uh, our youngest was born there and she was born with a heart condition. So a big part of being in Ingolstadt was having our, her team of doctors and our comfort of feeling safe there, feeling like everyone knew what was going on and, uh, just, having that feel like a really safe place for us to be and knowing that he was willing to be as unhappy as he was to make sure that the kids and I felt safe and we had her doctors in the hospital right there, that he was willing to sacrifice that for as long as he had to. Um, that meant a lot to me was, so when we ended up leaving, I kind of had to reflect back on that and be like, okay, Am I mad that we left? Yes, but he really did tough it out for as long as he could so that we could have the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. How is she doing now? Oh, she is great. She is, uh, I mean, it was a scary time and uh, we're really fortunate to have been where we were. We had a great team of doctors taking care of her, but she is about to be four years old in two weeks and she oh. is doing great. <laughs> So cute. And that's your youngest? <laughs> that's my youngest. Yeah. So she was born in Ingolstadt. Did you have a good experience having both of your kids over in Europe? I had the best experience. I had Elodie in Basel, Switzerland. And I mean, I was so young when I had her. I was 23 years old. So none of my friends at home had babies. I really knew I had, I had no idea what to expect. I just kind <laughs> of, let's, let's do this. Let's have a baby. Let's see what happens. And I had the most incredible OB and she took care of me so well. Um, giving birth there was an amazing experience. I remember just getting into the hospital to give birth that day and like being scared out of my damn mind. Like, what are we doing? What, what did we decide to do? Like, or can we do this? And our midwife there being like, it's fine. You're fine. You're going to do this. And I was like, okay, let's do this. It's us, baby. Um, and Bexley just, she was an unexpected C-section birth. So um, as scary as I feel like that whole situation could have been, we did. We had such a great team of doctors and nurses and midwives that kind of really took really good care of us. And they made it such a great experience. And we spent time in, in the NICU with her. And then again, like appointments after appointments after. And we ended up... Um, meeting this doctor who became kind of like our lifeline with her. He would translate all her paperwork into English so our doctors in Canada had it. He would make doctor's appointments for us so we didn't have to sit on the phone with um, a German operator trying to direct our phone calls. <laughs> he was 
he I would know, come I know in how that would, is. Right? It's, <laughs> it can be so me. hard. So I would text him like in the middle of the night and be like, I don't think I gave her the right dose of medicine. And I would send him a picture and he would answer me immediately. Like this, this man was amazing to us. And I was like, I look back now, I'm like, I probably annoyed the crap out of him daily, but the way he <laughs> just kind of made sure we were okay and felt okay. And I was like, we were so lucky. We were so lucky to have had that. Yeah. Switzerland, I heard, is a really good place to give birth. My husband's like, let's just drive over the border and you can just give birth in Switzerland. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Right? Okay. <laughs> Get hit with a nice bill off I that. really, <laughs> right? I really haven't heard a bad Europe birth story though. So I think you'll be, I think you'll be pretty happy. Yeah. I'm in that stage though where I'm like, well, I know nothing. <laughs> Right? Like, you get like, there and then you get to the hospital and you're like, what are we doing? Who's trusting us to take home a baby right now? Yeah, exactly. But, but you leave and you're like, I have got this. I just gave birth in a foreign country. I can do anything. Yeah. My friend the other day, I was talking to her. She's like, have you gotten a pump yet? And I'm like, no, not yet. She's like, oh, which one are you going to get? I'm all, uh, I don't know which ones are good. And then I'm like, I know nothing about breastfeeding. I know nothing about like how to sleep train my baby. I know like I need to start. I got to get honestly, my ass in here. I honestly think the less you know and you follow those mama instincts that are going to kick in immediately, the better it turns out. Like, like I said, I had Ellie when I was 23. So I had really wow. no one back home to like bounce ideas off of, tell me what breast pump to get, how to breastfeed. I knew nothing. And yeah. I remember getting to the hospital and like, that was part of my freak out before I gave birth was like, Bran, we didn't do any classes. I don't, I don't know how to <laughs> swaddle it. Like I know nothing, but we left and I just felt like this power come over me. And I was so proud of myself for delivering a baby in a foreign country with just my husband there. And we didn't have any family come right away. So it was just this like, really powerful feeling to leave knowing that I did that. And I'm like, if I can do that, I can take care of this baby. And you just breastfeeding clicked right away for us. Like everything just kind of like followed. And it was, mm -hmm. sometimes I think the less you know, going into it, the better it can be. Yeah. Cause then you don't have like these expectations, you know? And then yeah, exactly. Exactly. Go with the flow. <laughs> kind of, you wing it. And that's, kind of what parenting is period you just kind of wing it every day <laughs> yeah exactly well I'm so happy you had such a good experience and when we were talking before we started recording I love how you mentioned that you really f have found yourself in this hockey life will you tell me a little bit more about that yes um I think it's really easy to lose yourself lose yourself supporting someone else lose yourself following someone else's dream um as, as important as I think it is that us as wives are there doing that, supporting them, loving them, cheering for them. Um, it is really hard to kind of put yourself on the back burner. So I, uh, grew up with my mom and my Opa having cameras in our faces, my brothers, um, and my faces all the time. <laughs> and we we're constantly taking photos of us doing everything. My mom had albums for every year of our life, like perfectly done. And I remember always being annoyed by it. Like, mom, you're crazy. Get the camera out of my face. Um, <laughs> but always like birthday gifts, Christmas gifts, it was always a camera from my Opa. So I kind of always grew up loving photos, not being them being taken of me, but I, as I got older, I got why my mom did it. It was always the coolest thing to go back and look at Christmas from when I was four years old and knowing that she knew exactly where it was and exactly what we got. And all these memories would come back. So when I had my oldest, Elodie, I remember thinking at one point after I took her like 20,000 picture, like, I get it. I get it. Okay. I get it, mom. Like you wanted to freeze every moment of us being little people that it, it was really important to her and it became really important to me. Um, so I really dived full force into photography and learning about it and it became a really nice hobby to have. Um, just, it would be something I would do for myself every day. I would take photos during the day, edit them at night and learning and talking to people and shadowing other photographers. Um, and as time went on, I feel like it, it started to kind of naturally build itself into 
a business. So about two years ago, I kind of decided I was like, I'm going to do this full force. I'm going to make this a thing. I love it so much. And I had so many people started reaching out to me wanting family photos and wedding scents. I was like, okay, let's give this a go. And um, like I said, I'm so constantly learning and trying new things, but it's something I'm really proud of to where it is today. And I really feel like it, the last few years, it's given me something to like introduce myself as being a part of a new team. Uh, I'm not just Brandon Buck's wife, but I'm Ashley and I'm a photographer and I would love to take your family photos this year. Oh my uh, gosh, so that- you're going to make me cry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> These hormones, I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh, that oh. is amazing. And first of all, I'm not going to lie to you. I did a very deep dive on your Instagram yeah. today. I was creeping your photography Instagram. I was creeping the Bo and Bex Instagram. I was like, okay, yes. I'm obsessed with you. Your pictures are beautiful <laughs> and amazing. And I'm so just happy that you found that. And, and you're so right. Thank Photos you. are so important. And I've always thought to myself, if my house burned down in a fire, what would I grab? You want your photos. My pictures. Like what exactly. over any physical item. I don't need that stuff. It's like the, the pictures. Exactly. They mean everything to everyone. It's they're really special to have. So many people know about your Bo and Bex business as well. Bo and Bex. Yes. So cute. Bo and Bex is our newest baby. Um, so my really good friend, Janessa, so her husband, it's actually kind of a crazy story. So her husband, Pat, herself, and my husband all are from the same little area in Canada, just outside of London, Ontario. And they, Brandon and Janessa actually went to high school together. And they also ended up being in Ingolstadt with us for two years. Um, and her husband currently is playing in Augsburg. So it's kind of cool to have our best friends in Germany with us, but also living around the corner from us at home. Mm -hmm. So our kids have grown up as they, they truly think they're related. They will have um, fights with family members that say they're not related. So that's (laughs) always fun to see where you're like, like you're close enough to be related, but you're actually not like blood related. So (laughs) it's really funny to watch them like, right. It's, it's really cute. Um, But a few, two years ago, or last summer, we were kind of sitting around trying to pack for the season and we're like, why can we never find cute hockey stuff? Like stuff that I feel like a lot of the sports stuff that's out there for kids is always football related or soccer related. And there was never really anything for hockey. And we wanted it to be really cute and simple and that a boy or a girl could wear because she has a little boy and a little girl. So that was kind of our inspiration behind the whole thing was like, let's just try this. Let's just come up with some cute designs and see what we can do with it. And when we launched it at home, it kind of really took off and we were not expecting that at all. <laughs> and we started to get a lot of interest from other hockey families. So something that we had no intentions on doing was bringing it to Germany, but there was such like a demand to do it. So we brought all of our stuff to Germany and between Augsburg and Nuremberg, which is about an hour and 40 minutes apart, we were traveling back and forth to each other like once every two weeks. Uh, fulfilling orders and giving each other stuff back and forth to mail all over Europe, mail back home. It was, it was a lot of work, but it was so much fun. And it was really cool to be able to do it with someone that I am such good friends with. And we just were really proud of Bo and Bex and it's been a lot of fun. So we always just said, as long as we're having fun and people like it, we'll keep doing it. Yeah. I was on your website yesterday and I love how on the about me, how she said over a couple bottles of wine, you guys decided to finally give this a go. (laughs) Just needed that liquid current. Yeah. So many girls have those shirts as well as matching with their kids. And it is so cute. And you guys are about to drop a fall line, right? We are. That was the coolest thing. I was walking into a game this year and seeing all of the kids wearing Bo and Bex gear. And I was like, this is really cool. (laughs) But yes, we are um, launching our fall collection in 10 days. It will be ready to go. I can't wait to see it. Are you going to do you like, how do you let people know which products are new? Is it all on your website or do you post all on Instagram? 
we'll post everything on Instagram first. We'll kind of give sneak peeks as things uh, start to come to us in the next couple of days. Um, and then we'll let everyone know before it launches. But yeah, we're pretty yeah. excited. I think everyone's really going to like it. So do you guys ship internationally still? And which so country will be so we will when we got home this year because of everything that was going on we kind of just kept the shipping within Canada because the time of mm -hmm. shipping it to the U.S. and overseas was really really long and we didn't feel comfortable sending packages out knowing that it could potentially take like six weeks to get somewhere so we've looked yeah. into other shipping options now and we feel more confident that we'll be able to get things to people faster so as the plan is right now, we will be able to ship to Austria and Germany and the U.S. Okay, that's amazing. Yes. Yay. Well, I cannot wait yes. to see this fall. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes, we're really excited. So to kind of wrap everything up, what, is there anything that you feel was like, besides the, the time that you had in Ingolstadt, was there anything that was like a really hard learning experience for you throughout hockey. Um, and it really can be anything. I don't know if anything's popping into your head. <laughs> so kind of the, the hard stuff I feel like is always just reminding yourself that this is such a brief moment of our life and to the late paychecks or the no payments or the leaving in the middle of a season or all the crap, the hard games, injuries, the really bad mental side of the game. It's all going to end one day. And I feel like in the moment you don't really realize that and you do get caught up in it and you do get angry and you do get frustrated. But that to me was something I feel like I figured out after we left Ingolstadt was none of that matters. It sucks. It really sucks. And there are some really, really hard days, but we're so lucky to do this. And we're so lucky to travel all over and expose our kids to these different cultures and these different cities and they now get to have friends from literally all over the world that mm -hmm. they can connect with as they get older and I think there's something really really special about that so yeah like I said some of it can be really freaking hard but the good the, the good days outweigh the bad days and it's just always kind of trying to keep that in mind all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's totally something you're going to look back on in 20 years and be like, we lived in Europe. Like right? who, how many people can say that? Exactly. Exactly. And also you mentioned the late payments and the no payments. And that is something that actually happens a lot in Europe. And I feel like people don't really talk about it. Yeah, it was, um, we experienced a lot of it our first two years in Europe. It was kind of like a constant month to month thing. You were like, am I getting paid? Am I not getting paid? Am I getting all of my paycheck or maybe mm -hmm. just half of it this month? And you kind of like start living that like routine where you're like, this is normal, but you have to remember it's not normal. It's not normal to wonder if you're getting paid month to month. And mm -hmm. I feel like it is such a weird, it's such a weird feeling. And we were really lucky the last when we left for Switzerland until now that we've never, we, hit, we didn't have to deal with it again. But looking back, I'm like, that was something to us that seems so normal. And it's really not normal. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're support. I mean, it's like so many of us don't work over here. Right. So like, right. We have to rely on that income. And I remember when Brandon signed his contract in Switzerland and he was going back and forth with his, with his agent on what to include in it. And he's like, I don't really have a lot to ask for. Just, I want to make sure I get every paycheck. And I remember his agent in Switzerland being like, but why wouldn't you get every paycheck? And kind of like thinking it was a really dumb question. He's like, well, I'm still kind of like fighting to get money that I was owed in like October and it's now March. So it's kind mm -hmm. of a big deal for me to like make sure that they're coming on time. Yeah. And, and the scary thing is too, you don't always know like what team that's going to happen on or like what kind of year, like COVID or whatever. And right. I've, I've talked to a exactly. lot of friends that that's happened to, and it's, it's definitely a battle that, that you have to fight for a while and you have to just keep, keep pushing for what you're owed. And yeah, it's, it's a funny, it's just, it seems so silly to talk about and like really know that it's like a thing that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just this kind of like unspoken thing, but 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just, it's so it happens. It, happens. <laughs> it totally does. It's, and it's a different world because that would never happen never. in North America. In any other job. Never. No. I mean, I don't think it would happen in North America. Do you? I don't think so. I mean, I've never heard of it happening. So I mean, that's what the PA is for. Right. And I, yeah, I don't think it would. Yeah. Cause there's no players union over in Europe, which is I think where you would take it if right, that were exactly. to happen. Yeah. So, so weird. <laughs> yes. I know. So strange. Do you have any advice for other girls in the hockey community? Yes, I would say to embrace it all, embrace every win, every loss, every bit of the hard stuff, the the moves, the trades, but, and also, of course, the good, the home opener games, the excitement of a new season, the friendships, the travel, just embrace it all and enjoy it all and open yourselves up to every possibility because before you know it, it'll be 11 years and you could be <laughs> potentially done and not sure what's next. So just, it goes so fast. So just take it all in. And even when the hard stuff comes, just remind yourself how lucky you are. You're living in Europe and you're getting to experience this new place and this new culture and this life that is so special. And there's something so bonding about it. So meet the girls, embrace them, make them your family and just enjoy it every second. When you said that you guys were kind of like in the waiting game right now, is it a possibility that your husband will go back to Europe this year? Or are you guys finished? We're not really sure yet. Um, it's actually our very first year was this past off season. We came home like thinking, okay, well, we'll just wait it out. Like Brandon mm-hmm. has had full intentions on going back and playing another year and that being his last year. Um, so we're kind of just waiting it out. If something that makes sense comes up for us to go back over, then he'll head over and the kids and I will visit as the year goes on. But we're also okay with if this is it and we're home, our kids are thriving at home. They're back in school and gymnastics and dance and hockey and skating. So Mm -hmm. they love being here, which makes us love being home so much more, but if the opportunity and the right contract comes up for us to leave again, we're open for it. And I mean, to end it in a way that is, has more meaning to us and to be able to go to that last game, knowing it's the last game and getting to watch him really say goodbye to such a long career that he should be so proud of. I feel like would be a really great way to end it, but we're also really content and really happy with if this is it, this is it. And we have had the greatest experience and, we've had a really great time and we've had a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. either way we're good with, but I think he's not really going to call it a retirement probably until after Christmas. Um, so I think he's giving that as his <laughs> timeline Christmas. If nothing comes up, then he's done. But if something comes up, awesome. We're open to a new adventure. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a great place to be at that just that word contentment you know it's yeah fine either way if we go we go if we don't we don't and exactly. I can only imagine how just once your kids start getting older and I know you guys have dogs it's just it becomes a lot to try to pack up and go every it year. absolutely does especially as the kids get older and they start to make a life at home it's hard to pull them out of that every year they love their school and they love their activities and they love the neighbors and every year it kind of gets harder and harder. So we had made the decision last year that regardless of what happened before COVID was a thing that I was going to stay home with the kids and make sure that they were happy. Um, and that we would come over for two or three months in the middle of the season, but for the most part, we were going to be home. Um, and that was just kind of, again, the focus shifts, it goes from, about being to him to about being to us to now it's about the kids and whatever whatever makes the kids happy is what makes us happy and um that's again what I'm most proud of for him I feel like he's had offers to go back places this year but they've never really made sense for our family for him just to kind of pack a bag and leave in August and who knows how long he would gone for and he he always just said I, I love seeing the kids happy so if they're happy I won't go unless the contract makes sense mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I just, I loved learning about you and your life and. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. (laughs) It's so fun to talk to people and be like, I feel like I've known you forever. (laughs) Oh, right. It's so cool. But I feel like we always, all hockey wives find something to bond over and yeah, it's always nice to chat and catch up and get to know someone else. And guys, for those listening, Bo and Bex, they're taking over the Instagram for October. So you can shoot all of your questions at them. They're going to do an amazing job. I cannot wait to see what you guys come up with. And where can people find you on Instagram? I know you have a few different accounts. Yes. So my photography one is kind of becoming my main one. I share personal stories of myself and our family, um, as well as all my work. So that is at Ashbuck Photography. And our Bow and Becks, you will love to see our fall stuff come out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think we're going to have a giveaway coming up um, and our fall line drops in the next 10 days. So watch out for that. And that is at bow.and.becks. Yay. Thanks so much, girl. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. See you next week.